for God so loved the world, all of us, you and me. He loved us so much he sent his only son, Jesus, the firstborn of creation, sent to take our place, to bear our burden, to suffer our consequence. We were far from God, but God didn't want to be far from us. Jesus came to bring us home. As a prodigal returns to their father, so too did we return to our Creator. A simple plan with just one requirement. Belief. For whosoever believes in Him will not perish, but will have life. Life eternal. At the very heart of God is love. Indescribable, unrelenting, unstoppable love. That love shines a light, guiding us home. For God so loved the world. amazing when um, when you hear about John 3.16 for God so loved the world it is a uh, it is a text that um, <clears throat> many people many people know in the world even non-Christians are familiar with John 3.16 what's amazing is that most people don't understand John 3.16 so I, I will encourage you guys to um, Use these postcards that you got in your hands and, and, and please share this stuff with other people. Uh, you don't have to force people to come to church. You just got to invite them and let the Holy Spirit do His job, right? The Holy Spirit is the one who will convince people of uh, their sin and you can help them just by giving, him a, giving them an invitation. And, uh, and uh, uh, we are, uh, we are going to be doing this. We are going to be uh, working on this series all the way till... Um, uh, till Easter Sunday, Easter Sunday. That's going to be um, that's going to be our the day when we are going to be um, celebrating Easter. We are going to be celebrating Crucifixion, Resurrection Day, uh, and for some reason, our um, let me see. Uh, give me one second here because okay, here we go. Uh, sometimes the technology can be a blessing to us, and sometimes it can be a pain. So today is a pain for, uh, uh, since this morning when we were in the Spanish service, uh, it was giving us a hard time. But John 3.16, John 3.16 is one of the, uh, one of those uh, verses, even Tim Tebow, when he was playing for the Broncos, he, uh, he was uh, sharing with a group of people the other day that he put John 3.16 here on his, uh, on his cheek when he was uh, playing. And he said that that was the day, it was reported that that was the day that um, a lot of people uh, look it up at John 3.16 online, uh, on their devices in different places. So I guess I'm going to have to go with my notes in Spanish because my notes in English are not, uh, are not loading up. But it's okay because we have it over here. So when you look at a verse like this, um, as we approach Easter Sunday, it's important for us to understand the love of God. It's important for us to understand what God has done for us. And when we read John 3.16, 
it, it is a clear understanding. Uh, it, it's, it's like a rock. It's like a rock that for us to understand the love of God. It's, it's the foundation of understanding the love of God. And uh, I would like for uh, all of us here uh, to read this together. Let, let's, let, let's read this together. Let's read this together. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life, but have eternal life. Father, as, uh, as we open up our, uh, as we open up our hearts and our minds and our Bibles, uh, we just want to pray, Lord, that you will help us uh, today to understand what your scripture is telling us about how great, how amazing uh, your love is uh, to us, how amazing um, we um, we have such a gift in Christ. You gave your only Son so that we can have the opportunity to believe and so that instead of perishing, we will have eternal life. And uh, we are blessed to have that opportunity so we don't have to perish, but we can be with you, Lord, because of your unstoppable love for us. So we just pray, Father, that... Uh, you will help us understand and you will help us to share with others about the love that you have given us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, God's love, God's love is the fuel that drives His actions. God's love is the fuel that drives His actions and is what maintains us as, as, as sons of God, as believers, uh, to keep on going in that relationship that we have with God. Um, uh, and so we are going to celebrate Resurrection Day. We are going to celebrate uh, uh, the crucifixion time. Uh, but one of the things that is important is, uh, you might ask yourself, Pastor, but don't we, don't we celebrate this every Sunday? Yes, it is true. We, we celebrate this every Sunday. We celebrate the crucifixion and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to focus this in this series uh, so we can talk completely about what, what is the unstoppable love of God. When we look at John 3.16, and we see that for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. When it says that it's His only begotten Son, it's not talking about that He's the only Son because you and I are children of God. You and I are children of God, but He is unique because He is the only one who was able to be uh, the sacrifice for our sins, for our the situations, the issues that we are going through in our lives. So uh, today we are going to immerse ourselves in the foundation of the love of God, the unstoppable love of God. And as I said it before, John 3.16, it, it, it's a rock. It, it is a foundational rock to, for us to understand the love of God. Um, the love of God, it's, not, it's so unstoppable that it won't give up through time. And it won't give up no matter how we are, no matter what we do. The love of God is not going to stop. And it goes over all the obstacles, over all the barriers that we, might, we can imagine. Um, the love of God will not stop trying to reach sinners even if we don't deserve it. Now, it doesn't give up. 
It doesn't stop. Have you ever loved somebody like that? Have you ever loved somebody where you are willing to do whatever it takes to be with that person? Do you remember when you were a teenager and you fell in love the first time? Or you, at least you thought you were in love the first time? What were the things that you were willing to do, right? It didn't matter if you had to walk blocks and blocks, or if you had to take the bus and, and ride the bus for a couple of hours. It didn't matter. You were willing to do whatever it took because you thought, that's the only person. I, I'm never going to love anybody else again like that. And the love of God is even greater than that, for God so loved. It's not just that He loves, but He so loved you and me. I remember in the 90s, there was a song by Meat Love. And in this song, Meat Love used to sing, And I will do anything for love. Do you guys remember that song? But what, what did he say the next time? What, what was the next phrase? See, you guys listen to them. I will do anything for love, the song says, but I won't do that. And you know, though, that for years and years, people went on, what does he mean by that? And almost, almost right before, uh, uh, you know, years went by and then he finally said, you know, I just mixed the, the lyrics in the wrong way, in the wrong place, that that's why it was not easy to understand. What did he mean by I won't do that? But it was a catchy phrase that he said, you know. But when it comes to the love of God, it's completely different. Because God says, I will do anything for love, but I will even do that. I will even give you my son. I will even give you my son in for, to, to be sacrificed for you, even if you don't deserve it. I will do anything for love so I can, I can, so you can have the opportunity to have a relationship with me. And I don't know if, if you have ever been fueled or motivated by love. And I don't know what crazy things you might have done before. I'm sure we have stories around here. We can go story after story. Well, I did this when I was in love and I did that when I was in love. Have you ever sacrificed yourself for love? <clears throat> so I, I was curious. I was curious, and I went online, and I, I Google. You know, you know what 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 motivates people. I wanted to know what motivates people, and so I, I, I went through a couple of lists of things that they post on the internet. And one of the things they were talking about is you know what purpose and and, and meaning. That motivates people to have purpose and meaning. Other thing that motivates people is to be recognized, to be validated and recognized. That motivates human beings. Uh, the, the desire to accomplish things motivates people to uh, to have autonomy and to have control of their own life, uh, create their own business. That motivates people. And external incentives motivates people. So, uh, you know, it's the, the, the rewards that you can experience, that the financial rewards, the prestige, the status, uh, you know, it, it motivates people. But what surprised me in this couple of lists of things that I was reading, it surprised me that none of those lists and none of them was people are motivated by love nowadays. And, and one of the things is the world has, we have become so disconnected. 
Even when you are eating lunch, you look at, you go to a restaurant and you look at people eating lunch and everybody's on their phones while they're eating lunch. Nobody's talking to each other. So we are so disconnected. We are not motivated by love for the most part nowadays. We are motivated by other things. We are motivated to, um, you know, to, uh, to be able to have success in life. The greater testimony of God's love is not what Jesus said. The greatest testimony of God's love is what Jesus did. The greatest testimony of God's love was His suffering in the cross so much that He, he, he loved you that much. You know, I, I can imagine God saying, I love you so much that it hurts. Love hurts. And if you have never experienced love, you don't know then that love hurts, but love hurts. And God's love hurt because Jesus went through so much. I can just imagine the Father and Jesus being crucified. And when He was crucified, He, he, he even told the Father, Father, why, why have you forsaken me? And I can imagine God looking, looking at Jesus and saying, You human beings that are mistreating my Son... I can just imagine the Father saying, you guys are mistreating Him, and He is even asking for forgiveness, for you guys do not know what you guys are doing. And a lot of times, we as human beings, we think we know what we're doing. But we don't. Away from God, we have no idea what we're doing. We think life is all about these accomplishments, but life is about something completely different than these accomplishments, that we think that's going to motivate me to do that. Let's read the next book on motivation so I can become a successful person. And God is saying what should motivate you is love. Because I was fueled, I was motivated by love when I sent my son, my unique son, for you, for, for him to die for you guys. So if you believe in him, you will not perish, but you will have the option of eternal life. And so easily we turn our backs in G- on Jesus. And so in John 3.16, he says, For God so loved the world. I, I want you to notice one thing. He-, he says, For God so loved the world. And-, and then if you jump over to where it says that, uh, that He gave. So He loved the world. He loved, so He gave. So love is not, real love is not just something you say. Real love has to be followed by actions. If real love is not followed by actions, then it's not real love. It's just like faith. Faith without works is what? It's dead. Love without actions, First John chapter 3, it says that do not love just by word. By love, love by deed, love by your actions. So real love does. So for God so loved that He did something, He gave His only, His unique Son. What was the purpose of that? Now, now has ever, has, have you ever gone through this where somebody tells you, I love you, but then they turn around and do something different? Have you ever gone through that? That means that's not real love. I'm sorry to break it to you. But that's not real love. 
If it's real love, they will do something that goes along with their words. God did not just say it. God did it. He did something. He did something. Something. And so God loved the world. Is it the global earth that he loved? No. He loved the inhabitants of the world. That's what he means. He loved the people in the world. He loved them so much that he gave such a precious treasure, his only begotten son. So he gave him up in our place. That is unstoppable love. That is an amazing love. I cannot, I cannot comprehend that love. Because if you ask me, would you give up your son for us? I would say, forget you. You're crazy. I will put, my, I will put myself before my son gets hurt. Wouldn't you guys do that for your kids? I put myself, hurt me. If you hurt me, you're going to have to go through me to get to my son. And I don't think I'm going to make it easier for you. But God said, this is the only way you guys are going to be saved. This is the only way you guys are going to be able to have a chance. Because the other option is if you don't have him to believe in, you are on your way to perish. You are on your way to, be, to get rotten. What was the purpose? The purpose, it says in this verse, the purpose is so that if whoever believes will have eternal life. Whoever believes, look at that, whoever believes in Him have it, will have eternal life. And in between that, it says so, because right now, human beings without God, without believing in God, the only option is that they are going to perish. They are going to perish. If God wouldn't send His Son motivated by love, fueled by love, the only option is for us to go, to perish, to go bad. What, what is this like? Have you, have you ever leave a, 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 carton of, a, a carton of milk outside of the refrigerator for, for too long that it goes bad? Right? It happens sometimes, right? So it's like that. If you're out of the refrigerator, if the carton of milk is out of the refrigerator, it's going to perish. It's going to go bad. And the longer you leave it there, the worse it gets and the worse it gets and the, and, and the smell it gets. And, and, and so it's like you are that carton of milk. The only way you are not going to perish and, be, and go bad and go rotten and be disgusting is if you're in the refrigerator. And the refrigerator is an illustration of God. You have to be in God so that you are good. Good, not because you are good in your essence or your nature, but good because of Christ, what Christ has done for you. You have to be in God. Otherwise, you are going to perish. And the interesting thing about this word perish, 
The interesting thing about that is that uh, it, it's, it, I want you to see up here, the, the word perish, uh, it, it's to go bad, to go, to go rotten. It, it's, it, it's, it gives you an idea of self, self-destruction. So if we choose, because we choose to believe or not to believe, we choose to reject or not to reject God, if we choose to reject God, we're going to go bad, we're going to go rotten, we're going to self-destruct. All we have to do is look at, look at the world around us. And we can see how people are self-destructing. We can see what people are doing to hurt them. They're hurting themselves, even though they're saying, you know what, this is what I want to do. They're self-destructing. Because they choose not to believe. And, and a, a little more up ahead in, in verse, uh, verses 17 through 19, when we look at that at the end, you're going to see why. They are self-destructing because they prefer not to look at the light of God, but to look at the darkness of the world because they enjoy darkness, because they can do whatever they want, and they rather to do that even though they're perishing. And so, the Greek word, apolumni, it means to violently kill something. You are perishing. You are violently killing something, killing yourself in this case, in this, in the context. Destroy fully. It, it implies permanent and absolute destruction of oneself. So perishing is an option, but the other option is to believe in God, to believe in the unstoppable love of God. That love... To fuel God to give His Son. Without God, man is completely lost. You know, it's interesting because God, in the beginning, God did everything so man can be good in the garden. Genesis chapter 2, it says God did everything great. Everything was perfect. But in in Genesis chapter 3, a chapter later, it says the man had their own desires, and it says the man looked at the fruit in the tree, the fruit that wasn't supposed to be touched, it wasn't supposed to be eaten, and it looks, they look at the fruit, and it says that it was desirable. It was desirable for their hearts, for their eyes. And so they took it. And when they took it, basically they took it because of selfishness. And the reason why men are perishing today is because of their selfishness. They, they rather not to look at God, but to look at their own desires. And a lot of times what happens is we fall, we fail in a, in a, in a, we fail in a hole, we fall in a hole, and it's so dark, but instead of getting out of there, we're just, we're just making it a bigger hole. And getting deeper and deeper and deeper in our own sin. And so men are perishing. I mean, again, look at, look at our culture right now. Look at our society right now. I mean, it goes from bad to worse to worse to worse. I mean, now it's like you, never, you don't even know how to approach people nowadays. If you approach them as a man, hey, I'm not a man. What are you? God created, what? Female and male. 
But now it's like, no, no, don't, don't call me he, don't call me she. It's like we're just getting deeper and deeper in darkness. Because we choose not to believe. God so loved the inhabitants of this world that whoever believes in His Son that He gave up for us will not perish, but have eternal life. So when we look at this, what do we learn from John 3.16? What are some of the things that we learn from John 3.16? One of the things, number one, number one, God's actions... We're motivated by love. What do you mean by that? Again, for God, what does the verse say? Let's go to the next one. For God so loved the world. And it's not like, it's not like when you say, you know what, I, I, I love tacos. I love burritos. I love Thai food. Now when it comes to Thai food, I go, I so love Thai food. That means I like Thai food much more, right? But then after Thai food is Mexican food, no doubt. Especially if you go to some of the tacos that Steve has sent me to. If you want to know good tacos, but we're not talking about tacos this morning. Uh, you know, God so love. It, 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 it implies more than just saying, I love. It, it's a stronger it's a stronger meaning there where God loves us so much. So it was motivated by love. But number two, we also learn that the love of God was voluntary. You know, one of the things, if somebody wants you to love them by, by forcing you to love them, that's not love. Nobody can force you to love anybody. God's love was voluntary. He made that choice. He didn't have to. And you should only love another person or show love to another person. It comes out of your heart to do it. You should never be manipulated to do that. Nobody should ever manipulate you or, or, you know, or try to make you do something that you don't really. It's not in your heart to do. And God did it voluntarily. He, it says He gave. It wasn't taken away from God. So he, 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 he was motivated by love. He gave the love that He gave voluntarily. Number three, because His love that He was given was a sacrificial love. It was sacrificial love. I want you to notice in First John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. It says, this is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. Notice that this is First John. This is not John. John 3.16 says basically the same thing. But First John, when John writes another letter, he also makes this emphasis about God loving the world that He gave His Son. That the world may live through Him. And I want you to no notice in number 10, number 10 verse 10. At number 10, it says, this is love. So if anybody asks you, so what is love? You can bring him to this verse and say, this is real love. This is not messing around. Love, this is real love. 
Real love is not that we love God. We did not take the initiative to love God. God took the initiative to love us. And so we love God because He first loved us with actions. With actions. Not that we love God, but that He loved us. And how did He show that love? By actions. By sending His Son as an anointed sacrifice for our sins. That is real love. That is real love. Not just what I feel, but what it gets done. Number five, number, th- number four. God's love. Notice one thing, that in the first three points I said, God love was what He did in John 3.16. But in point number four is, God love is. This is how God loves apply in the presence to you. In the present, God love is forgiven. That's why he, he gave us His love in Jesus so we can be forgiven. But we have to take it. He's not going to force it on us. His forgiveness, we have to be willing to accept that forgiveness. You know, I have met so many people, even I in my own life, when we have done things in our lives that sometimes people will not even give us a second chance, God is willing to give us a second chance. And the second chance, when I say a second chance, I don't mean just a second chance. I mean that every time He gives you a chance over a chance and another chance and another chance, and again and again and again, it's a second chance that God is giving you because He loves you so much. God's love, God loves is, is forgiven. Whoever believes in Him, He gives you the choice to believe in Him. And I like what Daniel said in Daniel chapter 9, verse 9. He says, The Lord our God is merciful and what? And forgiven. Forgiven even though we have rebelled against Him. Have you ever rebelled against God? Please say amen to that. We have. We actually do it almost every day. It's just we do it in different ways. But if we really examine ourselves, you will know that every day you struggle. And every day there's something you didn't do that might not, might not please God. We rebel against God. We want to go with our own desires and then not, not God's desires a lot of times. But I want you to see number five. Number five. God's love is not to condemn the world. It's not to condemn the world. Jesus did not come. God gave His Son so that whoever believes in Him will not perish, will have eternal life. God did not send Jesus to condemn the world. Jesus Himself said, I did not come to condemn the world. I came to save what was lost. I came to find what was lost, to save what was lost. And in John, John chapter 3, I mean, when you, when you read John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish by have, but have eternal life. Then in, in the verse, right after, verse 17 and 18 says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world may be saved through Him. This is the purpose why God sent Jesus. 
And you might be like, well, pastor, we're Christians. We know that. Well, do you live like that? Do you live worthy of the sacrifice that was done for you? Because that's what God wants us. Love. If we love God, let's act like we love God. That's the way, that's one of the things we need to do. In verse 18 it says, Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever doesn't believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. I just want you to see in this text that God doesn't condemn us. Human beings, we condemn ourselves. God doesn't do it to us. Because a lot of times people are trying to blame God for, all the, for, uh, for uh, a lot of things, right? God, why did you? Why this? Why that? God, why, 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 why? It's like blaming God. But do not blame God. How do, how do I know that? Look at what the next verse says. Verse 19, in the same context, it says, And this is the judgment. This is why we as human beings get judged. The judgment is that the lie, who is the light? Who is the light? Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. So the lie came into the world, so you can believe in Him, and have eternal life. In other words, you can believe in Him and have a different life. You can believe in Him and have a, and have a blessed life. But it says right there, And people love darkness rather than the light. A lot of people love darkness. But darkness is going to take you on the road to perish. You are going to perish. People will perish without God. The other option is that they love the lie and they believe in the lie that was sent in three verses before John 3.16. That's, that's what God's desire. He desires for us to believe so we will have eternal life. Because if we don't believe, we will be in darkness Rather than the lie, because their works are evil. You know, my experience when I share the gospel with people, it has been that, it has been that it, it's, when they don't want to believe, it, it's not that they don't understand what I'm telling them. They do understand. They, they, you tell them and they understand. The reason why they don't want to give up is exactly that. They don't want to give up their, their lifestyles. You know, I have a lifestyle. Do I want to give it up? You know, I was talking to a young kid the other day in the gym. And I'm trying to carry conversation. We have a 25-year-old kid. And as I'm having conversations with him, he's telling me everything that's going wrong with his life. So I take advantage of that, right? And as I'm taking advantage of that, I'm like, I'm talking to him and just encouraging him. And, and finally, I said, well, have you ever considered looking up to God? God is the only one who can change those things that you're talking about. 
And then he changed completely the conversation. He said, well, I'm doing okay without God. Well, sure you are. You just told me everything you're struggling with. But now that I present to you the solution to your problems, the solution to the situation you're going through, now you're telling me you don't really have problems anymore, right? Your problems all of a sudden disappear. And it's like, it's so sad to see how people, they rather they rather live in darkness and enjoying life their own way and not God's way. And it is our responsibility to pray for people. It's our responsibility to pray for people. It's our responsibility to talk about, to encourage them, to tell them there, there is a light. You don't have to be living in darkness. Well, but in darkness I enjoy. Yeah, that is temporary. Whatever things you're enjoying in the dark, it's temporary. It will be over someday. You're not going to be as young as you are the rest of your life. You are not going to be alive in the, on this earth forever. It's gonna, you're going to move on from here, from this earth to eternal life. And if you turn your back on God on this earth, God is going to turn His back on you in the eternal life. But if you give your life, if you believe, God will also acknowledge you in eternal life. For God, unstoppable love of God. For God so loved the world that He gave his unique, His only begotten Son, that if we believe, we will not, we will not go bad, we will not go rotten, we will not perish, but we could have the option of having eternal life. Let's share that message of hope. Let's share that message of love with people. But let's also remember that message in our hearts every single day of our lives. So that if we love God, we will act in love. We will act in love towards our families. We will act in love towards our people in the church. We will act in love towards the people at work. We will act in love. Our Father, we thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for everything you have done for us. It is so amazing, Jesus, that you were willing to come down. Your love is humble love. You have such a humble love that you came down from heaven. You left all your riches in heaven to be one of us. You came down to our level. I just cannot comprehend. How can God become like me? But without sin. And then be mistreated by human beings who are who were not were not worthy of even touching you. I cannot comprehend Jesus. How great, how unstoppable, 
your love is for me. I just don't know. I, I, I just have to accept it. And I have to. I'm going to accept it by faith, Lord. Because there's no other way. Because I believe what you're telling me in the scriptures. But for the human mind, my Jesus, my Lord, is uncomprehendable. It's hard to understand. So we come before you, Lord. And I ask Jesus if there is anybody here in this place who has not experienced your love, who has chosen to live in darkness and not to enjoy the light that's in you, I pray, Lord, that they will, that they will voluntarily consider believing in you, believing not just with words but with actions so that we can also share eternal life. Father, we thank you so much for what you have done for us. And we pray that we will be able to, uh, during this month, that we will be able to invite others and bring others, Lord, to celebrate the crucifixion and the resurrection. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Amen.